Yo. There we go. There we go. That was so weird. Lots of technical problems. Oh, my. Well, you know, it's technology. What do you expect? All right. Uh, well, let's just get into it. We're back on track now. So <laughs> let's just uh, get back into it. Uh, welcome back to my Summer Lair Space Station Oddity. We have been away for a little while, and I think that's also part of the problem, too. It's like, who are you again? Mm-hmm. Uh, so exactly. my name is Sammy. I host My Summer Lair, a uh, pop culture podcast. And uh, my, uh, you're not Robin. Uh, you are like no. The, you're like. Would you want to be? Like, I'm being bad girl. I'll be right. bad girl. Yeah, there was a Robin. She's not. Na- she's not a, there was a Robin named Stephanie though. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I should know that. I don't know that. So, but no, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I can be bat girl. I'll be bat girl. That works. That works okay. for me. It, you know that it's actually bat girl and bat woman, which. Uh, today's International Women's Day, so we should recognize both. But generally, that's true. And I'll uh, I, I'll be Batwoman then. Okay. That's, that's better. Yeah. yeah, that's better. The Batwoman is the one that's currently on like uh, TV. Uh, she's mm-hmm. like the one with the red hair. Uh, she's gay, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Batwoman yeah. is the Barbara Gordon, uh, like uh, I guess Batgirl, which is it's kind of silly. Those names are silly, but anyways, uh, welcome. They sound weird. Batgirl, Batwoman. I don't know. It doesn't have the same ring as Batman. Yeah, it doesn't. But uh, we are going to focus on Batman, and we will leave the uh, the other <laughs> Bat incarnations <laughs> aside because it's a lot easier. Uh, so for today's topic, we are just focusing on the live screen, I guess, uh, adaptations of Batman uh, as we kind of battle it out. Because uh, starting from about uh, 1943 with the Batman serial. Uh, which was yeah. uh, Lewis Wilson, up till mm-hmm. now, uh, Robert Pattinson uh, in 2022. Uh, we've had different incarnations of Batman. Batman, mm-hmm. there you go. See, Batman also plural. Batman. Sounds, yeah, sounds weird too. So, where would I'm you Batman. like to start? Yeah, well, that's a pretty good voice. Do it again. I'm Batman. I can do it. I can actually do that like weird deep growl, but I'm getting over, still getting over more than two weeks later having a, a laryngitis. So if you'd caught me on any other day, I can fully do like the bat voice. Well, okay. That's a good place to start then. Because we do have various Batman uh, from uh, yes. Michael Keaton, which most people know. Uh, Christian Bale had a unique Batman voice. Was there a particular voice that you either liked or disliked? A particular bat voice? I was... uh, Okay, I thought that the bat voice... I thought the Christian Bell bat voice thing was ridiculous. Um, I know that they, you know... Yeah, it's like a Hall's commercial. Tell me if I'm... Yeah, tell me if I'm crazy remembering this because it's been a minute since I saw the first iteration with Batfleck. But didn't he do something similar? But he actually had like a voice box. Am I here? Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, I'm like, it's like, it's like that's their way of trying to like justify the ridiculousness of that voice, and it was ridiculous. I'm like, there's no reason for it, and I get the whole like change up the voice so no one knows who you are, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm, I'm like, but I, ding, and I sent it to you this article in Variety, and they were talking about how 
um, Michael Keaton, people were just all up in arms because all they knew him was from like comedies before that. And then like this Batman, blah, blah, blah. I can believe you cast him. And, but the thing is, is like, I was a kid. I was, I'm like, I never saw any of those articles. I didn't know. I mean, I just was just a kid. Oh, hey, there's a Batman movie. My brother works in the theater. I'm going to go sit and watch it three times in a row while he's working. You know, that's my very, that was my introduction to the world of Batman. And the thing is, so I didn't, I, there was never a time for me to think of Michael Keaton as some, as not the right person for Batman. Mm -hmm. And because of that, when I hear Batman in my head, I hear Michael Keaton every time. I okay. just, cause, cause I think of Michael Keaton, but I also, he was Beetlejuice, you know, he was the, you know, he was these guys and, you know, he just, he plays crazy very well. And I just, I always liked that about his Batman. Actually, I was watching Batman um, on my plane ride out to California. It was one of the movies that I was going on a whole like old school kick. I watched mm -hmm. like Wayne's world and stuff like that, but like, um, but I was watching it and it, cause it had been a minute since I'd seen that one. And I'd been wanting to for a while and I forgot just how, uh, over the top it's like, it is, but it's not at the same time. It's so dark and so gloomy, which makes the parts that are over the top, just so glaring in your, and in your face. And then I think that's part of the reason, um, why, I've always loved Jack Nicholson. He's always been my favorite Joker. He's mm -hmm. always been my favorite Joker. I mean, don't get me wrong. Absolute respect to Heath Ledger and Mark mm -hmm. Hamill. Um, but he is my Joker. And so, and just watching that, that stark contrast that Tim Burton's really good at doing, um, that, that black and white and gray and that slightly just, you know, sepia tinted, just muted color everything and and intermix it with like insane sparks of color mm -hmm. um that's just what i think of i mean that's that's the bat voice i think of that's batman i think of that movie i think of so but when, he's he's always been my batman when you talk about the the controversy of casting michael keaton i went back and mm -hmm. i was curious about who because this was this was the film came out in 89 so they obviously filmed in mm. 87 88 around that era yeah so you obviously had a pick of certain men that they were looking at, and this was the list mm -hmm. that they were looking at. How much of these people actually auditioned or were considered seriously, I don't know. But this was the list back in the I'm late 80s. i excited to hear this. Mel Gibson. No. He can do crazy, but I don't think it quite worked. Uh, Kevin Costner. The, the first the first Lethal Weapon was out by then. It came out in like 84, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like He could do okay. crazy, but... Yeah. It, I... So he got I the crazy in the darkness a little bit, but Wayne. yeah, that one's a little bit, um, especially cause he had the mullet too for lethal weapon. So yes. Um, can't have a billionaire with a mullet. Uh, Kevin Costner. No. That's a good, that thing. I can see that one. I bad, can right? see him. I could see him playing both roles. I absolutely could see him doing, he, he's got this kind of just like the way he talks is just, it's so smooth. I can absolutely see him as Bruce Wayne, but I absolutely could see him as like some bat shit, crazy Batman. Mm -hmm. So, and good chin. Like I said, that's also part of yeah, the key. He's got the, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You have, um, you've got to, you, you know, it's a domino mask. You got to look good from the, you know, you got to have the good mouth instead of the good eyes. You're right. Uh, Charlie Sheen, which is, that was, that's way over the top. No, I could see him doing a spoof, but yeah. not that. Um, Tom Selleck with the mustache? 
He wouldn't have had the mustache fight. He they would have shaved off the mustache <laughs> for that. But seriously, I'm like, here's the problem though. Michael, I mean, uh, Tom Selleck looks like my dad. My dad looks like Tom Selleck. So that's all I can think of when I think of Tom Selleck. So no, I I can't. I mean, my dad is a little crazy, but I I'm, I can't see him as Batman. Uh uh-uh. That's uh, no, all that's two all... for Tom Selleck because he was supposed to be Indiana Jones as well. He was. So I could actually see that though. Like I could see him in the fedora. But uh, yeah, the the um, Harrison Ford was obviously the better choice. Harrison Ford was also considered. He remember how big he was back. Well, I mean, he's still big now, but he was That's huge. True. Uh, he was also considered, but I don't like his chin. So, um, I kind of would. Are just... we? Are we? Are how would you have felt as? How would if you were going on chins here? Then you know how would you have felt with Jay Leno? I mean. That's He's a, nothing but chin. That's true. But that's a bit too much chin, though. You know what I mean? You need, like, <laughs> for the issues I have with some of the Ben Affleck stuff, he at least has a good chin. You know what I mean? Like, that's a good Hollywood-style chin. Yes, he's got the good square jaw, good chin. Yeah. yeah. The square jaw. So you say chin, but I'm thinking you got to have the good square chiseled jaw. You know, you got to make yeah, the face that's a better way square. to put it. Yeah. And then yes. the last one is Dennis Quaid. Which isn't that bad either. It's not great, but it's not I that bad. I can see that. Well, yeah. he played Doc Holliday in one of the two Wyatt Earp movies, and he was a good Doc Holliday. Um, uh, and I can and I uh, and he. Oh, God, I remember this movie from when I was a kid. I loved this movie, and I think they met on this movie. But I loved Inner Space, and he was like a flyboy. Short. Yes, and yeah. he like his whole character was meant to be like this whole flyboy. So like you know, somebody who has the ability to both responsible and get stuff done but you know do stuff that you're like that's not the most sane thing you can do with your day um <laughs> i can see it yeah see it um but i think he comes across to me as just a little his personality comes across to me as just a little too flashy for bruce wayne because he he, I mean, he's, you know, when you're one of the, when you're the richest man in the world, you kind of got to fly under the radar when you're trying to make sure nobody knows that you're also crazy Batman. Mm-hmm. So I just can't see him not, I just can't see him being able to play Bruce Wayne without him drawing attention to Bruce Wayne, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think he would have been a better, especially that era, uh, the late 80s. I think Dennis Quaid would have been a better Green Lantern. Yeah, I could see that. And if it was, and if they were doing any MCU stuff back then, I'm thinking like he falls more in line with a Tony Stark than with a Batman. Yeah. Than with Bruce Wayne. That's Mm. how I see it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, he could have played. Yeah, so he absolutely could have played Tony Stark. I could see it. Mm Hmm. So those were the ones. Obviously, like those were the big names, anyways, at that time, right? Late '80s. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of weird because it's like. They really had like limited selection. Like we said, like a lot of those kind of didn't really kind of work. Like Charlie Sheen, Tom Selleck and stuff like that. Harrison yeah. Ford. Sure, they're big names and they can pull in box office, but they don't actually necessarily work with the with the character and who Batman is. So Michael mm-hmm. Keaton kind of won by default. But as you said, though, Warner Brothers was inundated with like uh, petitions and letters of complaint. And a lot of the issues really were about not just the casting, but the concern was that it was going to be like a goofy Batman. Nobody wanted the Batman 66 again, right? We'd been through that before. Yeah. And so nobody wanted that. Everyone wanted the dark Batman. I'm wondering when they first cast him, because if I remember correctly, Beetlejuice came out. It actually came out. It did. Before Batman did. Correct. So, But he would have been cast, obviously, before Beetlejuice came out. 
I'm curious what people's thoughts were on him being Batman, having not seen the movie yet, but after having seen Beetlejuice and seeing that he could play again, my go-to phrase for the day, batshit crazy. Yeah. Well, it's the, I don't know necessarily if Beetlejuice would have swayed things because the other issue too with hiring Michael Keaton was the creator of Batman, Bob Kane, also didn't like the casting. We're kind of used to like now this kind of politically correct thing of like when the, when somebody gets cast in a Marvel movie or in any other comic book adaptation. That person is generally, mm-hmm. the creator is generally happy because they're getting the check, they're getting some publicity, <laughs> right? So they're like, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is perfect for this Green Lantern movie or whatever it may be. You know what oh, I mean? They God. don't really kind of like question or like kind of engage the fans on those type of debates. But Bob Kane, yeah. when Michael Keaton was cast, he was like, he hated it. And he would go to conventions and he would crap all over Michael Keaton. And so Warner Brothers mm-hmm. had to kind of like spring into action. And I think that was really one of the first times where like the a studio had to do like a full court press to kind of like work mm-hmm. conventions, to get the creator on board, to kind of like calm fans down and like, yo, this will be good. Uh-huh. We made a good choice. I'm surprised they didn't recast him then. I mean, in today's world, like, if the creator... I mean, well, no, even in today's world, if they've done the casting, they may not... They wouldn't have recast him, even if... Because, well, I mean, actually, when you think about it, there has been quite a few, especially early on in uh, the MCU, there's been quite a few people that have been cast in roles, and people are like, what? Why? What? Terrence Why? Howard. Why? Why? Yes. Well, but Terrence Howard ended up being recast. But, I mean, that was, like... You have to remember, when they did Guardians of the Galaxy... What everybody knew Chris Pratt from was, um, not Community, uh, Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. And he was the, you know, he was schlubby in that. Like, people were like, really? Really? Him? You cast him as Star-Lord? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and then everybody was like, oh, okay, he's, he is, you know, goof-wise. He's obviously, complete, but, you know, he actually got shaped to look like Star-Lord. And, you know, so, uh, but, so I guess, I guess saying, you know, that they would have, that they should have. I'm surprised they didn't recast. Is kind of a, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take that back because there have been. There are still today. There are times people are like really, really. That's who you cast in that role. So, yeah. um, and I think it's like it's one of those things too, where like people think it's a new phenomenon too. Like, I think casting any superhero movie moving forward, uh, any new Doctor Who, uh, any new James mm-hmm. Bond, we're waiting to find out who the new James Bond is. I think it's I always going to cause like some sort of controversy, not just because of social media. But because there's a group of people who like, that's not how I see James Bond. Or like, I don't see Michael Keaton as uh, Batman, right? Like, he hadn't really done other than aside from Beetlejuice, there really mm-hmm. wasn't anything that like you couldn't watch a like, Clean and Sober or something that he had done earlier. And say, yeah, oh yeah, that guy's perfect for like Bruce Wayne and Batman. Like, there was nothing yeah. that would like solidify his work uh, mm-hmm. as a good solid Batman. And they're not. I mean, they do sometimes cast unknowns, but I mean, pretty much most of the people who are being cast in the bigger roles these days. You know, I'm about to say I like they're well known, but the truth is, I, I, I have to pull back when I say that because I know so much about either I already know a lot about where the casting's going, the direction they're picking, or because I'm so involved in TV film, I happen to already know a lot about these actors and actresses. But one of the more I think back on it, actually, a lot of the big roles they've cast, other than the Colonel, um, have been not nobodies did not super well they became super well known after the fact 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold my tongue. When I say that, oh, well, they were cast, they're only casting well knowns. I'm like, no, Stephanie, they're casting well knowns because you know who they are. Yeah. Well, and, so, and the other thing too is because you also need to lock up that person for a couple of movies, right? Which, oh, it yeah. can only be two or three movies, but that could take over five years, seven years, depending on how mm-hmm. things go. Michael Keaton only did two movies, right? Which is kind of, he's what? one of the shorter Batmans in that sense. Um, and they didn't lock him. They didn't lock him in for three movies. They only had they only had him for the one, and they went back to the second. But they weren't locking people in back then the way they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, if you remember, Chris Evans said no multiple times to doing Captain America because he didn't want to do multiple. He didn't want to be locked into that many movies. So, like you said, he's like to, like that's over a ten years span, which is about how long he was playing Steve Rogers, and now he's coming back to the MU back as Johnny Storm but we'll get there at a later date mm-hmm. um but you know he, that was his whole thing you know and it was ended up being Robert Downey Jr. and some other he just didn't want to be committed to that and you know you're right it's like these days you have to wonder I'm like okay for if you have your own you know standalone movie yeah they're probably going to lock you in for those three but like Chris Evans was locked into more than that. Um, Chris Hemsworth was locked into more than that because they knew they were going to do the Avengers. So they knew that's where it was going. And so now I'm wondering, because we, I mean, we got the Eternals. We don't, you know, new, they're, they're working on bringing in new event, the, you know, the actual new Avengers, like all that kind of stuff. But I'm wondering now, because some of these characters, some of these movies that we're seeing aren't necessarily people who are tied to the Avengers, how many movies they're actually locking people in for. Is it the same as what they were doing when they did the original three? Mm-hmm. Or are they locking them for less now? They don't automatically have that lead into the Avengers sort of thing with some of these other characters. Which is the interesting thing with the with the new Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson, the Twilight dude. Because... I don't know yet if he's going to start appearing in other, like if he would do a cameo in Peacemaker or other things like that. You know what I mean? Uh, because right now, DC has two movies coming out this year. One is The Flash, which has Michael Keaton, and they have uh, Batgirl, and Michael Keaton's in that as well. Um, and then ben, ben Affleck is supposed to be in The Flash as well. But I don't know where. Yeah. If, I don't know if Robert Pattinson's getting some overtime or not as Batman. I'm wondering if they decided to take on their own multiverse because of the issues that they have been having with Batman, because there's so many people that still want Batfleck to have his own standalone movie. And, you know, I mean, especially after, you know, Zack Snyder's uh, redo of the Justice League. And I kind of would like, I mean, where he, when he showed the whole dystopian ending, I'm like, I want to see that movie. I want to see that movie. Um, You know, so but I don't know. I don't. Know if that's something that we're gonna get. Like, like you're saying, are they gonna? Are they going? Are they creating this multiverse with you know in the Flash and all that kind of stuff? I mean, we already know the Flash has his own multiverse outside of this because he actually showed up on a TV show. Uh-huh. Um, but are we going to get? Because we're getting this multiverse, does that mean that we might have you know, um, Battenson? going one way with Batflick going the other, but they're both happening at the same time. You know, um, that's, that's what's going on with the MCU is a lot, obviously a lot more linear, although we'll see what happens after uh, um, Dr. Strange comes out. Um, 
but it, I wonder if they are kind of just going, you know what, we keep trying to follow the Marvel model. It is not working. So you know what? Who cares if we have five different Batmans going on at once? Let's just roll with it and see what happens. I'd be fascinated. I'd watch that. You don't think that's confusing for the audiences? Like for the non-nerds? No. No. Because honestly, at this point, it has already happened. It's already happening. So, you know, and I'm not saying that we have, they're all standalone Batman coming out, but, you know, if we've got, if, um, you know, if Batflex, you know, if they do another Just League and they keep Batflex for that one, and then Robert Pattinson, Batman gets pulled into some something else, um, you know, I, I don't see why they can't. Um, you know, cause they realize that trying to just create this like group of people that you associate only them with these roles didn't work. It's why they hired. Um, so I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see what they choose to do and the direction they choose to do that. Ben Affleck is the one who's played the longest. He's been in more movies. Out of, yeah. Out of the Batman uh, that we've had. Four or five now. Uh, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, The Suicide Squad. He did a couple of minutes in there. Justice League. Um, and then again. Zack Snyder's Justice Yeah. So. Although I think it's weird that they consider those two completely different. I mean, they are two. They basically are two completely different movies. But I like how they consider them two different movies within the same you know, like it's not just a redo of that movie, but like a totally separate movie. Like they yeah. filmed two. You, you get what I'm saying. One is a hard taco. One is a soft taco. But they're yeah, both tacos. They're, but they're both still tacos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want a taco. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we covered the voice. What about uh, who wore it best? Is there a particular Batman outfit? Uh, oh, that- no. I want you to answer this. First, do you have a particular outfit that you think was the best bat suit? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So I, I have a toss-up actually. One is the outfit uh, from Michael Keaton in the second Batman Returns, in the second mm-hmm. one, because he had a little bit of the yellow logo, uh, yellow oval yeah. on the chest, and the yellow belt. It was more gold belt, I guess. Uh, so mm-hmm. there was like a little bit of color to him. And then uh, the other one was uh, the. I think it was the last uh, Ben Affleck uh, Batman. He had the black symbol uh, on mm-hmm. the kind of a gray, whitish kind of gray shirt. Um, and it was kind of like a rugged uh, Batman. That's kind of like more like the comic rugged book kind of. Yeah, that's like kind of more like the comic book Batman that I like. Uh, those are the two that I like. Uh, I thought those were the two. Well, I, I'm, I did, I, I really like the, with the same, same as what you're saying about Michael Keaton. I really like the, the, the black with the yellow and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I'm trying to remember which iteration of it was it, which of um, Nolan Ryan's. But also, you know what? It's funny. Okay, so I'm going to have to, this is where I'm on street cred, and I fully accept that. And, you know, we'll have to embrace it, you know, like the adult that I am. Go for um, it. I was obsessed. And it came out as Batman Forever. Kilmer's Batman. I will take ownership of that. I'll own up to it. I probably saw it six, eight, 
10 times? No, I think I saw porn 10 times a year. I don't know why I was so obsessed. Oh, yeah, I do. I remember I ended up having a really big crush on uh, Chris O'Donnell because of that movie. Um, but I just, like, I, you know, I... I think one of the things I liked about that movie, and I've talked about this, you know, in my in my quest to justify my my deep love for Batman Forever, um, is that it just felt like this is what I said to a friend the other day. I was like, you know what? Watching that movie, I mean, forget Val Kilmer, forget um, Nicole Kidman, like Chris O'Donnell, forget forget that side for a second. Tommy Lee Jones and and Jim Carrey. Looked like they were having so much fun. And I think that's probably, that's also one of the reasons that I still, it still has a special spot in my heart. Because they reminded me a lot of, a lot more of Jack Nicholson. Because he was the same. Mm -hmm. It was a totally different vibe, totally different movie vibe. But Jack Nicholson took that role and had a blast doing it. And it's Jack Nicholson. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, he could have phoned that in and still turned out a good performance. But he, it's clear he was having fun doing it. And when I, and, you know, regardless of whatever your feeling is about the movie and, you know, and just, the, you know, the Technicolor dreamboat that is, you know, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, um, at least in Batman Forever, it really did like they were just having so much fun, those two. Uh, and I just, they're just lunatics, just absolute <laughs> lunatics. And they, it was very, very, you know, like it, it, if if you took the admittedly a very dark, pretty comic book series and put it on acid, uh, had it drop acid. That's the movie you would get, and that's what I always felt like. I'm like, I'm like Batman Acid. That's what this movie is, especially these two. Um, and I've, uh, I can't. My gosh, Aaron Eckhart. That's his name. I still to this day like, it's just I'm like, I'm not usually grossed out by stuff, but his two face just freaks me out. Um, uh, I just felt it was a little too much. It was a little in your face. A little, yeah, a little in your face, inside <laughs> your face, literally. So um, that's part of the reason it still has a special place for me. Like I, I'm all, I'm kind of, I, I don't really have negative because of the fact that I did love that movie. I was a fan of George Clooney, um, but I don't. I mean, I recognize the fact that like Val Kilmer really or less phoned in, and he did not. He he was okay as Batman. I I actually thought he was a little bit better Batman uh, Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt he was a little too soft as Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, he wasn't enough of I don't even want to say enough of an adult. That's the wrong word. But I couldn't see that guy being Bagla Gajillion. Uh, yeah, the Val, way he carried it off. Val Kilmer got a little shortchanged. I think it's a little bit like Pierce Brosnan and James Bond. Like he didn't get like the good script necessarily. I think he could yeah. have been a little bit better. Um, because ha- obviously this was Schumacher as well, and so they were gonna follow this up with Clooney and the nipples. So I think Val Kilmer unfortunately was in the middle of like a, a ship that was kind of turning into that direction. He said, "I'm gonna quote him here because he wrote in um, I'm Your Huckleberry his biography." 
He talked mm-hmm. about there's a whole chapter about Batman and working on Batman and making it. And he said a couple of lines I'm going to share now. He said, I mean, it's so bad, it's almost good. I regret the kitschiness yeah. in a way because the character himself is one of America's great pop archetypes. And then he goes on to add, you got to hand it to Batman. He's far greater than any actor attempting to play him. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a good point. But, oh, one thing, by the way, that nobody here to mention, notice, um, you do know that Val Kilmer's bat suit had the nipples, right? I don't know why everybody focused on George Clooney, but the bat, the Val Kilmer bat suit absolutely had the obnoxious nipples. Um, I don't know if it's because, um, uh, and it was, uh, you know, he had like a couple, like there was a couple iterations. Remember, he ended up bringing a suit for the movie. Um, and he, the initial suit was closer, you know, the black with the, the yellow and stuff like that. I don't know if it's just because the, the, it was the, it was the black suit with the, the yellow bat symbol on the front um, that, that had the nipples backwards. No, I'm not. Um, so, you know, maybe it's because they went back. I don't know. But yeah, one of Val Kilmer's bat suits absolutely had the different. I don't know talks about that. I wonder why. Because what the- is about George Clooney and his nipples that everybody just fixates on? It is George Clooney. I think everybody will fixate on George Clooney's nipples because it's George Clooney. Well, there could be. That's one theory. But the other theory, I think, is that Batman Forever was kind of in the middle. It was transitioning out of the the darker Tim Burton type movies. And then by the mm-hmm. time you got to the George Clooney, it had gone full kitsch again, back to like Batman 66 almost, right? Yeah. Whereas Batman Forever did have moments where it was like, it's trying to be like a real Batman movie. And then there's like really mm-hmm. cheesy moments with like Nicole Kidman and all the other stuff that kind of happens. Um, so it was all over the, that one was all over the place. And I think it's, there's just too much kind of going on for people to just kind of focus on quote unquote the nipples. By the time you get to George Clooney, it's so bad that it just the nipples become the bat symbol of how bad it is. It's the shorthand now, right? So as soon as you say bat nipples, that's the bat logo. That's the bat symbol of how bad that movie is. You know what's funny about that one is that, again, villains are the best. Uma Thurman and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger was just... Everybody so killed. bad he was glorious mm-hmm. um but at the same time it's like <laughs> i think that's part of the problem is that the schumacher film again is batman on acid and so you're trying to merge these roles of dark gritty tim burton-esque and with like i said technicolor acid trip bill mm-hmm. Because the villains are the ones who are really the the big, colorful, obnoxious, whatever in both movies. Mm-hmm. Um, other than you know, other than the the directly the Batmobile did have like uh, a, you know a neon undercarriage. Um, it's been a minute. I think I've seen Batman and Robin maybe twice ever, so I could be remembering that wrong. But um, but uh, you know, and and it didn't work trying to merge those two together. You neither needed to go full Technicolor on both sides or go back to what it was which you've got the, the Ryan films which was pretty on all sides mm-hmm. um, so I mean 
yeah, that was, that was, that was, I mean, that was such a sharp one. I mean, and it's funny because, you know, you're right. It's you got the Tim Burton movies, which are dark, gritty, but have that kind of grotesqueness you get from comic books with their, um, but it's not, it's not overt. It's not, you know, it's not just obnoxious and like the biggest thing in the movie is the villain, you know, and they're crazy, colorful, whatever, which you do have in Schumacher's you know, trying to bridge that gap of the Burt type of storytelling from the Batman and Bruce side with his his obsession with all things Neil. Mm-hmm. And then a complete 180 back to, you know, a much darker, grittier across the board, completely set in real life for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Nolan Ryan and I keep saying Nolan, I keep saying, I've said, keep saying Nolan Ryan was a baseball player oh, i yeah. think i've said that like four. i just realized i've said five times now mm-hmm. uh yeah no but anyways you know who i'm talking about yeah um going back to his movie and i think that's actually probably i mean they're not my favorite they're good movies i never ever ever disparage those movies um but uh i don't necessarily they're not none of them are my favorite because they're just too dark and too gritty and too realistic and um and honestly as as much as i think that his performance was everything everybody said it was absolutely deserved the oscar win for it keith ledger died because he because the joker when he played the joker it got so much in his head that he was medicating himself to remove himself from that mental state mm-hmm. and he overdosed and i can't unsee that when i think when i watch that performance. all i see is not only a character that is completely unraveled but an actor unraveling and so it's hard to watch um for that reason um so i mean i really like that like i thought he was a good balance of both. i thought it actually i thought those ones actually did feel a little bit like what mainstream comic book movies should be mm-hmm. um so i think that's kind of i'll never put you know i'll never been high on the list for that reason they're just too real so then for you then is is batman the mask or then is bruce wayne the mask because i felt that was what nolan was playing around with the idea of masks yeah. and like who we are and our character reveals ourselves. He was going a little bit deeper than he needed to. Like, dude, it's a Batman movie. Just do the Batmobile, throw in the Joker, add some criminals, do the spotlight, let's go home. Like, there's no need mm. for like this whole like themes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just throw in the utility yeah. belt and we're all good. But for you, is Batman the mask or is Bruce Wayne the mask? Which one's the mask? <sighs> Bruce Wayne is the mask. Right. I think that I think that he became Batman the day his parents died. Yeah, just a little shorter. Um, yeah, but I find I also in that regard I actually better where Tony Stark was bit, like, especially in the second when he was sitting before con- for congressional hearing, he said it is not a weapon, not something I could turn over to the government. I am Iron Man. Me and Iron Man are one. We are one thing. Um, so he was neither. The Iron Iron Man or Tony's neither of them were the mask. The other, he was just like, oh, it is all all of it is, um, and it, I, 
would find that if they were to take any of that kind of approach where um, Bruce Wayne's character comes to terms with being Batman and he's like, they're the same, they're one and the same. But I don't know if he could do that without unmasking himself the way Tom started uh, and said, like, we are the same person. You know, we are one. I am I. Um, I don't he get I don't think he really truly deserves being Batman if he couldn't actually say to the world at large, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. You know, I think the the subtle difference between Tony Stark and uh like Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark and uh I guess the the Nolan Batman's Christian Bale mainly is that yeah. in I assume that in Tony Stark's head he refers to himself as Tony. Like you know, when he's done something wrong or loses his keys or something, Tony, why did you do that? But I assume that in Christian Bale's, especially in Christian Bale's case, he refers to himself in his own head as Batman. I don't think he thinks of himself as Bruce Wayne. I don't think he does. I, I agree with you. Not in um, the third movie, which is interesting because the implication was that he retired from being Batman. And I never believed in that. I thought absolutely shit. I watched that and I was like, uh-uh. I don't believe this ending at all. You're right. At all. Uh, there's no way he goes off into the sun that fire. There's no way, um, at least not forever. I could, I never actually. I've got. I, on, uh, we could spend an entire hour bitching about that. So many levels of that off. Um, and I don't say that lightly. It takes a lot for me to be pissed when I leave the theater. I was pissed when I left that week. Um, so, uh, but. Yeah, it was a miscalculation, like because the whole point of Batman is like that's why the movie title actually makes sense for Val Kilmer, Batman Forever, because that's how Bruce Wayne sees it, right? Like it would be Batman Forever, either through Robin then taking over as Batman or whatever it may be, but like Gotham would always have this guardian, like generational yeah. guardian, basically. So what he put mm-hmm. in motion. Uh, is supposed to like last forever, which is, you know, that's a billionaire mindset. It's a legacy. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, if they had taken that, if they had taken, they started and they started being in not um, not uh, gosh, who was he? Which Robin was he? Chris O'Donnell's character. I'm blanking on which Robin he, but oh. they mentioned. I'm just blanking on it. But they mentioned other Robins in uh, that third bat the 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 the, the Nolan um, the Nolan film and you know Christian Bill, and the third one they they made reference to I think Gordon think it, Levitt was supposed to be Batman. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Thank you. I was like the actor. Um, Gordon Joseph Levitt. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt. But again, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Anyways, yeah. But, but yeah, it ended right before he could become Robin properly. So you kind mm-hmm. of get this like wink, wink, which I didn't appreciate. It's like, yo, man, yeah. either commit to it or like, don't flirt with us. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing here? Like, I am um, uh, that, and I think that's I think that's always been one of Warner Brothers' biggest missteps is that they do that wink, wink, and then they then they're just like, nah, fuck it, we'll reboot it. Yeah, and that's which is what always happens, right? Because that was it. Nolan left, and then we got all the Ben Affleck stuff. Which has nothing to do with anything that we just saw. They're now doing it again because they have they came out and said we don't have any plans to do another Justice League movie after they did the Zack Snyder with that ending the way. And 
Clark loses his mind and basically destroys the world. Tell us that if you're not going to give us that. Mm -hmm. Because I want that story. I really want that story. And they, I mean, yeah, maybe they will change their mind on that. And I'm hoping that. But the thing is, like, they said, no, we don't have plans to do another one. Like, then why give us that ending? So much good. That is a good story. And I want to see how they get there. And I want to see what happens, you know. Um, it's like, it's like not even necessarily another just dude. It's the dawn of justice. I'm like, give this freaking movie. I want to see it. You get an, you get an idea. <laughs> like, oh, screw you. Well, this is the thing, too, with Batman. This is the frustrating thing, not just that with Warner Brothers, but potentially, as you said, if you your premise was that the audience would not get confused, and if you follow that logic, then it's potential for Warner Brothers to diversify the Batman portfolio and to do like a black-and-white Batman movie, something like Logan or Sin City or something like that, one of those stylish kind of black-and-whites. Just do a one-off movie, do a really cool story. He's chasing streets of Gotham City or whatever. One and done. That's it. You move on to something else. Yeah. You could potentially do that. And the comics do that really well in terms of diversifying yeah. the Batman portfolio. Superman obviously is hard and it's like, you know, you kind of have to just do an over-the-top Superman movie every single time. Wonder, Wonder Woman, same thing. You couldn't necessarily get away with doing a really cool Wonder Woman black and white movie or something like that. You need to see the colors no. and uh, the tiara yeah. and all that stuff, right? But mm. Batman, you could kind of like do these one-off movies like every couple of years. Just crank one out. It has nothing to do with anything. It's not connected to anything. Just tell a really solid, get a young independent filmmaker, shoot it all mm. handheld kind of thing, get in and get out. You know, it's funny you actually mentioned again because I I funny that that movie is basically a reboot and not at the same time logan it's both yeah because yeah, it's, it's, it's a reboot it's and like, it's an ending yeah and i loved that they're like you know what kind of screwed up last movie so let's not do another but we need to wrap up his storyline because there was a lot of story um and they went in and they made those did any other that movie was amazing in black and white mm -hmm. um in fact it was the only version i, I had no intentions of buying logan I'm like oh shit like, i'm not i liked it i'm like i didn't just buying it oh oh i was i was i'm i mean i'm mooning this one. um but yeah i just uh uh i i i like that clip like and you're and and that would lend itself well so you know what you had batfleck and you had uh you know, uh, uh, Henry Cavill um, as as Superman wrapped those storylines up because they I get the impression that they're probably not going to be doing it again. So why don't you do wrap up a la Logan? What happens and give us that and wrap up their storylines and then let's back. Um, but don't leave us. Don't tease us. Don't leave us hanging. Uh, because I just you know what they need they need a Kevin Mike. they're trying so hard to be you know it's like did you what did you watch West Wing did I watch what West Wing yeah yeah the president okay. show yeah so do you yeah so but you remember when Aaron left Aaron Sorkin left and they they had a writers room of people 
trying to sound like Aaron Sorkin in the fifth season. They kind of gave that up for season six or four and five, something like that. I'm mm-hmm. forgetting now. Um, and it's like, and you could just tell you're trying too hard to be this thing over here and you're not that thing anymore. You need to do your own thing, which is what made the final West Wing so much better because they stopped trying to be Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem they're having like you trying way too hard to be the MCU, stop trying to be the MCU and do your own thing and recognize the fact that you don't have a Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. You are not you don't have that singular person. You have a bunch of talking heads trying to put this all together to be a singular Kevin Feige, and it's not gonna happen for you. So you know what? Do it differently. Which is my point. I've always brought this up and we've talked about this before, but I'm like it's time for them also to start exploring more rated R stuff. Peacemaker was a mm. great hit for them. The Joker, the singular Joker movie, which really wasn't Batman related, but it was still Joker, no. was R. That did well for them. And I know James Gunn's Suicide Squad got released in the middle of the COVID cinemas and stuff like that. So it got a little bit mashed at the box office. But it yeah. still spawned off Peacemaker and pot- potentially another spinoff. So you could say successful in that sense. And I mm-hmm. think for Batman, again... It wouldn't work. Like, you don't need to do a rated R Superman. You don't need to do a rated R like Spider-Man or rated R like Wonder Woman. But for Batman, I think with the violence and the serial killers, and if you really, really, truly want to show Gotham as it is, then I think you need to forget about the Happy Meals and forget about PG-13. If you want to make it PG, like as in pretty good, then go hard R. Listen to Chris. Listen to Chris. I feel like one of them might not be. They may have all been PG thirteen. Um, yeah, the Nolan like ones were a little bit on the line in terms of the violence and some of the darkness. True. Uh, the Heath Ledger one, mm-hmm. especially. But yeah, they were all like PG thirteen or PG. What is it, AA or whatever? Adult accompanied. Yeah, we PG thirteen is what we have. Yeah, uh, that's what they have between PG and R. Is um, I, I find it so funny because every time I think of uh, the of uh wow i can always i was gonna say i can always remember chris Nolan's name which clearly i didn't earlier but i can never christian bale, christian bale. um so the crest was so funny because i'm like i was like because we'd all seen american like yeah yeah he can absolutely play you know a crazy rich yeah oh yeah we know we know he's got this. he's got this we, you know we, we we can give him those reins because we've seen him do it and everybody's a little bit afraid of christian bale now yeah. so you know what you have fun with batman you're gonna do a good job you know go forth son and do well <laughs> um but i just i remember that was thought of it being like oh yeah and that's that's batman that's batman mm-hmm. that's batman if he became a villain so let's see. It's like we've now shown you Batman as the villain. Let's now show you what you'd like. Um, and that's how we ended up with him as Batman. Yeah. So it's a good choice. I um, I'm, I'm very, very, very. I'm so not happy when they cast Robert Pattinson. I'm like, are you kidding me? Don't get me wrong. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, side of Twilight. But I've seen a lot of his stuff outside, and I think that, and with Kristen Stewart, you know, Kristen Stewart, I think both got really shortchanged in their their act because of those movies. But I still couldn't just really. He's so tiny. He always looks so tiny to me. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you, Batman? You're not. You're. You know. 
Yeah, I guess maybe that was kind of the same argument they made about Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was, you know, a fairly lean guy. He didn't have, like, this big imposing... I mean, you know, Christian Bale's lean, too, but he just feels tall and just, you know... He's a little thick-shouldered, too. Yeah, and so... um, But I was just like, I don't know. No, Robert, no, not no. No, no, no. He's a Hufflepuff. That was his big movie debut. He was the Hufflepuff that got killed. He was the first one to ever get killed, you know, mm-hmm. when um, Baltimore came back. No, he's not bad. Then I saw the first trailer and I was like, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. And I've heard nothing but good things. Nothing but good things. So I, um, I am still reserving judgment. Uh, um, so, because a lot of people like this, because when it first came out, a lot of people were saying a lot of good things about the third Bat, the third Christian Bale Batman movie, and I'm still angry about it. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> it, I will be it, angry on my not always wisdom and crowds. Yeah, which brings us full um, circle because you and I talked when we first started talking. We talked about how like, it, like there was a group of people, a large, loud group of people that detested Michael Keaton uh, being cast as Batman, and now he's going to be in two movies this year. As I said, The Flash and Batgirl. And it's funny because now it's gone completely full circle. People oh, yeah. are excited to see him and like to have him back. And even if this They're is still some... going crazy, but for good reason. Yeah, right? Like and it it it's kind of like it's a lot of work when you get cast in these characters, either as Doctor Who or Batman or James Bond or whatever, you have to do so much work, uphill work, just to get the audience on your side. But once you do, then it's like, it's kind of crazy because Michael Keaton has now become the glue in the Spider-Man Marvel movies and in these Batman movies. Yeah. And you never mm-hmm. would have seen that coming in like 89 when he did Batman. Like, yeah. You're going to be the glue. By the time 2022 rolls around, you're going to be the glue in two major franchise. Well, it's funny too because um, when you were saying an uphill battle where I actually gonna go with that was when you get cast I mean, it's such an up battle to the stigma of being that person so it's like you know now everybody now everybody keep that and we associate a lot of good but you know i am that man mm-hmm. um so and 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 that's true of basically every actor who goes into these movies that are the only ones who are making an easier transition of it are the ones who were not um, uh, who were well known for their cash, you know, like people like, uh, oh my god, Bruce Banner. Why am I blanking on the name? Oh, Mark Ruffalo. Um, Mark Ruffalo. You know, Mark Ruffalo is a good example. You know, would have been uh, who is who's doing lots, lots of that because he knows because he is Ruffalo. Um, and you know, but I watched them having are struggling and going back to their other pitches like Robert Downey Jr. back and um Sherlock Holmes because, you know, some of the standalone trying to do have gotten the visibility that I'm sure he's hoping for with being the having the visibility of Tony Stark. So but we'll see, you know, and um but you're right, it's like you look back now and you like the he he helped he helped usher in um I said the three spider 
And he helped usher in the age of um, good comic book. I mean, I don't, I can't really think of any really good comic book movies before Batman. Unless I'm just, I mean, you know, Howard the Duck, but that's legendary. That's just Superman legendary. was also pretty good. That was. Oh, that's right. Thank you, Superman. Superman. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I know I'm wrong. I'm sitting here going, I'm saying this. I know I cannot think. Um, well, yeah, you had Superman, but you know. But I mean, other those two. I mean, Superman was kind of a standalone thing, and then you got you got Batman, and you know, even though the Schumacher movies are not, they did really. So they kept that train going when they started, which led to great spinoffs. I mean, the um, uh, why you know it, you know I'm making on it because I've only ever seen it. The, the cartoon version with uh, oh, uh, the animated adventure, yeah. yeah, with yeah, Mark. Bruce Tim, I mean, it ushered. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it ushered in some really great, um, you know, animated version. This kind of, and you know, I really actually don't. I'll be. I'll, I'll actually go back onto the hill. I was about to die. On. Superman movies. Not, I still don't think that was jumping off point. I really do think it was Batman. I really think it was his Batman um, because Superman was so standalone within sight of Wednesday. Um, so we did really have some, we did have some pretty comic book TV shows in the eighties, the Hulk, mm-hmm. incredible Hulk, greatest American hero, my very first favorite TV show ever. Well, that and add that. Team. Um, <laughs> but also like, We've seen that before with Batman, which is when Batman 66 came out, as bad and as corny as it was, it spawned the whole, like, financial revolution, right? It brought in millions in products, right? Like, the whole, like, Simpsons kind of crusty thing. Mm -hmm. They just put the Bat logo on anything, and it'll sell. Yeah. And we saw that kind of resurface again in 89 Mm -hmm. with the, the Michael Keaton Batman, where it's just, like, they cranked out so much stuff, and they made actually probably more money doing, like, the Bat products more than the actual box office. Superman... Well, because everybody learned from Star Wars. Yeah. Superman never made those same kind of connections. He still sold some, like, bed sheets and, like, uh, action figures and things like that. But it was never, like, this Superman mania that we saw either with 66 no. or with Batman 89. Well, it didn't... It also didn't... I mean, it, you, you could look at it and say, I mean, even the stuff that was sold for Superman was not sold for adults. And the stuff that they that they started cranking out when Batman came out was because they the the first Superman movie came out like a year, but it was right around it was around the same time the first Star Wars movie came out. And if you remember, I mean, it is like it is in you know it's practically mystical that this the story of George Lucas when he was negotiating the first Star Wars movie, he took a you know, they did not want to give him a lot of money and they did not pay him. And he's like, just let me keep the merchandise rights. And that was the biggest mistake they ever made. Because that is why he became a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Nicholson did the same thing with 89 Batman. Learned their lesson. Took uh, He took a little bit less money up front. And he said, just give me a cut of the box off and give me a cut of the, um, the merchandise. And they're like, sure. And then it turned out to be this huge phenomenon, and he made almost, I think it was either 50 or 70 million. Something ridiculous yeah, like that. Insane amount of money. Um, and I respect that. I respect people who look at something and go, you know what? I can get paid. 
I can get paid a little less with the potential of making a hell of a Yeah, that paycheck was no because joke. He, yeah, which is also, I mean, he, I mean, he did that knowing that he, you know, he could have and still turned out a good performance, but he had fun with it. You know, and I think that's, that's, I think that's also one of the things I probably actually like more about DC movies than I do about at least the older DC movies because, you know, Justice League just, it's not, it's the same. Um, we got a little bit of a suicide squad, not quite. Is that the villains in the DC movies, I actually think are the bigger star. They're just more fun. They're all more fun. The heroes are too tragic. They're too tragic. Um, you know. And then you get, get just all, I mean, think about it. Think about, when you think about the Superman, what do you think about? You think about the villain. You think about Lex Luthor. You think about, like, Zod. Mm -hmm. Neil before Zod. Yeah, you think about that stuff. When you think about Batman, I'm like, don't get me wrong. This whole conversation about the new Batman. But you think about Jack Nicholson. You think about, you know, Danny DeVito as a penguin genius mm -hmm. you know you think about like i said i think the thing that probably puts schumacher to you know a little soft spot in my heart batman forever i absolutely think that those were better for better than the heroes in uh batman and robin um not so much with the christian bale movies honestly the bill that's in my head is bane and that is the thing that and it is the bane of my existence because that's why that movie pisses me off so um, so then, Bane just turned out to be a boy, and it made me so mad. Let's end on a happier note then and go full circle since we're talking about the villains. Yes. And we'll close out on the one Batman we haven't really properly acknowledged, which is Adam West, and of course his yes. colorful cast of <laughs> villains. Which is, you can't have when you have a Joker putting that grease paint over his mustache. I think that mm -hmm. takes the top, <laughs> the cake of uh, what, yes, what you talk about with like villains being an acid trip or whatever. Like mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. That like Catman, like all Adam Adam West. Adam, you know, he's Adam West. I mean, he's he's he stands above. He is penultimate Batman, mm -hmm. but that's because everybody puts their own little iteration on. It, but you see, you can see a little bit of that. A little bit here, a little bit there of Adam West Batman in every Batman iteration that you see. Because uh, Adam West, mm -hmm. I loved his Batman. It was so much fun. Uh, again, like I didn't watch it live. Obviously, I wasn't around in 66. But it was just one of those things where you just watch as a kid. And it's one of the first introductions you get to Batman. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm always curious now. Yeah. Like, because the the way that kids are growing up now, they meet these superheroes. Whether it's Spider-Man or Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman, whoever it may be. They meet them through like Lego mm -hmm. movies or Fortnite or books, or they see something in the library. I'm always curious what the on ramps are for kids. When we were growing up, we mm -hmm. had very few on ramps, right? So, yeah. you know, I'm like, like eight years old, ten years old, or whatever, and you're in front of the TV, and then you see Batman. And you're like, I don't know what's happening here, but there's like crime fighting. There's a cool car, and there's like uh, Eartha mm -hmm. Kit is like uh, in that little slinky outfit, and you're like, yo, yeah, uh, I'm all in for this. I don't know what's happening here, and so. It's it, we had very few on ramps, uh, introductions to these things. Now everything's all over the place. So I'm always curious what people's, how people come to know who these characters are. 
uh, based on mm-hmm. the on ramps that they have. It's a totally different shift. Yeah, I, I am. I with, but also, you know, interesting. You start kids today and their perception of all this stuff um, because they have so many avenues to choose from, so many on ramps. Um, it made me think of actually, this was in a fanfic that I read. It was a, a, a Captain America fanfic. And you know how, like, in the uh, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, the beginning when he meets Sam, and Sam's like, You need to listen to this album, and he writes it book. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, there was a scene I was reading one of these fanfics where Steve Rogers bitching because he said, All these people throw these things at me, and like, Oh my god, you have to see it's amazing, you're loving them. Like, I don't have the connection, but it's all connected through nostalgia, it's all connected through, through nostalgia, and I have none of it. So, to me, it's you know you know watch it you know it, he got he was so tired of people telling him that oh you're gonna think this is the greatest you know you gotta watch the star wars movies it's the greatest thing you're ever gonna see you gotta listen to this because the further we get away from something from our childhood the more nostalgic about it and the more love we actually have for it because of that like you're saying you know like people are not fans of michael keaton in the beginning and now it's like everybody loves batman mm-hmm. and the schumacher movies are not great but there's you know there's people like me you know you get some discipline and you're like i love it for a you know and we and we kind of have a that because so funny had so much time to just build on those rose glasses you know and just bitching about the fact he's like i don't have yes i have i was not around any and i think it's interesting because you can today and i'm curious you know, we look back at Batman like we. So many people are excited about Michael Batman showing up in Flash, and you got to wonder: kids who are into the the younger kids who were not around for that bad at all. Two thousand fan of the Batman, not the same. Yeah. You know, like their Batman was Jamal. So their first introduction was like, I wonder how a lot of these people are kids just like how feel because they don't have that nostalgia that we have for it his so do they their michael keaton batman is our adam west yeah exactly exactly and we love adam west but i'm like he like my first my first batman was michael keaton mm-hmm. and that's probably why i think he's my favorite loved adam west loved him so much because adam west and his show was so fun but there was the disconnect from not being there. Mm-hmm. So my first, like, yeah, I liked Batman, liked Adam West, you know, I love him now, you know, nostalgia, but my bat, my bat is a peak. So I'm curious. You know what? I should ask him next 19. I should ask him what thing I could keep. <laughs> you could ask uh, any young person these days, who's your Spider-Man? Uh, who is your Batman? Uh, who is your James Bond? Who is your Doctor Who? Uh, Tell me how old you are without telling me how old you. Are. Basically, yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But thank you for like hanging out as we kind of got into all things Batman, and uh, we are gonna wrap up. Uh, so uh, I'm Sammy. I'm host of My Summer Layer, a pop culture podcast. You can get it at mysummerlayer.com. And I am California Girl, at least for another 15 hours. Uh, stuff you
early, early, early. There you go. See you all on the East Coast next week. So we covered quite a bit, but there's always room for more. Thank you. There is. Talk next week. Peace out, everyone.